Lord Jesus, Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for your cross. We thank you for your blood. We thank you for your power. Father God, we thank you for your truth. Father, we thank you that we bow to you, God, not to man, to, not to anything, Father God, but your word, your spirit, and your truth, Father God. We thank you that we have all efficiency, all power to be able to do what you're asking us to do, Father God. Father, I thank you that we'll take this cup, Father God, and we will drink it. Your blood, Father God, we will drink your blood and eat your flesh, Father God, and we will have life in us, God. The only way to life is your way. The only way to do and be and to be free is by your words, by your spirit, and to live in your presence, Father God. And if I don't have that, then I'm being robbed from the devil, and I won't be robbed from the devil. Father God, teach us how to submit to you, to be the servant of all, to be the greatest in the kingdom, God, to be like you, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. This message is called, The Kiss That Was Heard. And I'll get into that, but re- basically everybody say, oh, I fell in sin. No, but rebelling God is not choosing the cross. So when we don't choose the cross, when we choose our way, when we choose our emotions, when we choose what we want, when we choose our flesh, we're rebelling against God and His Word. And when we know what to do and we decide not to do, and I'm not just saying, oh, our flesh, we fleshed out. and we, then God doesn't even, it's, it's when we do not love our brother, when we try to force our agenda, our way, to when we try to push people, when we try to manipulate and put witchcraft on people to get our own way, it's not, it's rebellion. This is the New Testament. Everyone's like, oh, it's the New Testament of grace. Yeah, it is. But the only way to live in that grace is through obedience. Because if not, you're going to be chastised by God because He loves us. You're going to be corrected. You're going to be guided. You're going to be put. You're going to be dry. And that's just how it is. And if, you, and if the devil is able to put condemnation on you, then you better get rid of him out of your life, out of your ear, out of your... And choose the cross. See, everybody heard about the slap all around the world. The only difference between that difference between that is those are unsaved people doing what the world does. But there's also a kiss that's been heard all around the world. Even unbelievers, even the heathen, even the Catholics, even this, even that, none saved, unsaved, all heard about the kiss. The kiss of Judas. Everybody heard about that kiss, whether they're saved or not. It's like the story of, oh, he was betrayed with a kiss. And every time we don't choose the cross, we betray Jesus with a kiss. Every time we don't choose someone else's uh, to, to, to not take offense with somebody because what we end up doing is we live our life covering up the lie that we're living with a smile or a kiss because if we're one body one bread and one spirit and even if it's another person but we're getting along with another person we're still betraying the body Jesus with a kiss that's our cup I could easily have 
once you'll get, I'm getting into this, you'll see, but I'm going to read. I'm going to do some reading. When Jesus, this is John 18, 1 through 14. When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciple over the brook of Cedron, where was a garden, and in which he entered and his disciples. And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place. I'm going to go back and forth in time here in the Bible to, to lay down a foundation of this cup. This cup that we have to drink. And Judas, which, was, which betrayed him, knew the place that Jesus often resorted thither with his disciples. Judas then, having received the man of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? Then answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. See, even if you're there, standing, he was with them, even though he was supposed to be with the twelve. But he was standing with them, with the accusers, with those that are going to begin to lie with him, those being led by the devil, indirectly, not knowing that when they crucified Jesus, that he would conquer death, the grave, and conquer the devil. So God tricked them anyway, but the evilness of their hearts. But even them knowing that, they even have the custom that one must die for the salvation of the people. So, Jesus, therefore, knowing all these things, whom seeking, they answered any in the one, and Judas said, as soon as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backwards and fell to the ground. And right there you see the power of his presence of the Holy Spirit. For those that don't believe in God touching people, right there he touched all of them and they fell to the ground. Then showing his power, showing his presence, showing that He's the one giving up His Son, not you. He's the one giving up His Son that was righteous for your unrighteous selves, for my unrighteous selves, for the world's unrighteous behavior. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am He, and therefore you seek Me, these, and go their way. That saying that might be fairly which spoke of Him, Gavest me, have I lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. And the servant's name was Malchus. Malchus, whatever. Then said Jesus unto Peter, Put up thy sword unto thy sheep. The cup which my father has given me Shall I not drink it? He's saying this. They're ready to take him. They have a sword. They know what they're going to do. He knows what's going to happen. He says, this cup that my father is giving me, should I drink it? And later on he says, 
I gave up myself. I'm surrendering myself. I could have, my father could I could ask for ten thousand angels and be delivered out of this situation. And even though he still had a choice, he chose. So that's where rebellion comes in, not choosing when you know. I'm not talking about reacting. We all react, but then you need to repent and make things right. We're not talking about a fleshly fall. We're talking about continues day by day, not to choose the cross in your perverted, self-righteous mindset of the world because you don't see that whatever you're, if you're in a position you're in, if you're getting dry and if you feel lonely and if you're depressed and if you're heavy, if whatever that is doing, whatever you're charging someone else with, you're, you're doing the same thing no matter what. You're doing the same thing. You just don't see it. You're doing the same thing to somebody somewhere someplace. It's, it, 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 it is. Hypocrisy is doing something or charging someone else and basically doing the same thing all the time. And that's what the Pharisees and Sadducees did with Jesus. But one thing about Jesus, He was clean. He was without sin. And He did not get offended. He had every right. And if He did get offended, He would have been not been able to if he would have took offense and held on, he would have been in unforgiveness and he would have been in sin. He would not have been able to be the spotless lamb that he is. So, Simon Peter having this, I cut off the man and the servant. And Jesus said, and I put away your sheath, the cup which my father had, should I not drink it. Then the band of the captain of the officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him and led him away to Annas. And now, see, and which gave counsel to the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. They already see one man should die for the people. What revelation? The Lamb of God. The one Lamb that the high priest in Israel takes and slays to cover the sin for one year for the people. Now this man, the Son of God, Jesus, whom we're supposed to be like, imitate and pick up our cross, is saying that one man shall die for the people. So God is saying He wants all of us to die for the people. To be able to righteously be righteous and save people in the world. Only one man died for their sins, but how can we imitate and walk like Christ if we don't die to our flesh and die to our desires and not drink the cup that He's telling us? In other words, pick up our cross. And that's the problem. We think we know Jesus for so long, we begin to start leaving our cross every day at home. Or not picking it up. Or saying, well, this is too heavy. Or saying, well, not this, but, you know, these little things. And begin to make our own gospel. But there's only one cross. It's His. And He says, now that I hung on the cross, now that I picked up my cross, dragged up a hill, and let them nail me to it, now if anyone desires to come after me and be my disciple, he must deny himself, pick up his cross, or you can't be. Period. Or you can't be. That's the gospel. And if anyone preach any other gospel, let him be accursed. Prosperity, motivation, anything else. Jesus said to Peter, get behind me. You, you favish, you think, you, you act. These are the thoughts of the world, but this is not my father's desire for his bride. It was written. No, Lord, that's too much. No. That's not the motivation that Jesus wanted. He wanted to say, Jesus, do what 
your Father called you to do, and we're here, we're going to stand with you. And if we have to die, we'll die with you. They all thought that, but they couldn't do that. But then the Holy Spirit came and gave them power to be able to do that, and all of them basically went to that death. All of them. In the natural. What they couldn't do before the Holy Spirit baptism, before the cup and the baptism, they were able to do after. Many of you claim to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Many of you claim to be a disciple. Well, then you better drink the cup and stop spilling it or carrying it around and trying to make other people drink it in your self-righteous state of mind. It's your cup. It's not someone else's cup. Everybody has their cup, and you better drink it. I could easily call this message the cup. The cup. Because this cup is going to save you a lot of trouble. <laughs> this cup's full of blessings. This cup's full of His presence. This cup's full of joy. This cup's full of peace. And every time you don't drink it, all you're doing is drinking the cup of deception and the cup of devils. Period. I don't care how good you think you are. Because you're not. And the, when you don't drink that cup, you can't see that you're not good. All you can see is other people. Matthew 61, 1 through 50. Look at this. And it came to pass, Jesus had finished all these sayings and said to his disciples, Yea, no, after two, he's all, and he's been telling them, after two days, he had to preach to himself. Sometimes you got to wake up. Sometimes you got to go to bed. Sometimes you got to preach the cross to yourself. Sometimes you got to remind yourself, Oh, I'm here to be a living sacrifice. I'm here to be a dormant. I'm here to not to be to promote myself, but to promote the cross. I'm here to love. That's what Jesus was doing. What do you think he was just telling them? And even knowing that they're not going to get it, they're not even going to get it until they get the Holy Spirit. Then they're going to. Then something's going to click one day. Oh, baptize. Oh, okay. Now I get it. But what was he doing? He continued. He was prophesying. He was prophesying what he read, what he knew. And, he, and, and we better start prophesying every day you wake up. It's no longer I that live that, but Christ. I'm crucified with Christ. You know what? I'm not going to let nobody. If somebody's going to let him, I'm going to love him. Period. What are we doing? What are some people doing? Where did this self... It, he said, our self-righteousness is as as filthy as as filthy rags. You you see these clean bunch of rags. God sees them dirty, filthy, disgusting, dirty rags. Only G. Only only through the cup will He see us clean. Then assembled together the chief priests, the scribes, the elders, the people in the palace, the high place, and we'll call it Cephas. And consulted that they might take Jesus subtly and kill him. But they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar with the people. Then when Jesus was in Bethany of the house of Simon the leper, there came a woman having an alabaster box of precious ointment. Well, she was preparing him for burial. She was preparing him to die. He knew what she was doing. No one else in the room did because they were still carnal. They did not have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They were following a man. They were following a doctrine. They were following words. Then they were of life, 
but the words had not been able to start to, to grow in them because they weren't yet sanctified and baptized and born again yet. So they were following the letter at this point. Nobody just following the letter, which I mean the word, because they were listening to him, they're following, but they needed to follow him in spirit and in truth. And in spirit and in truth means you're being led by the spirit and the word. The word was walking with them. Now the word is before our eyes. So, and having an alabaster box of precious ointment, poured it over his head and sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, to what purpose? It wasn't really disciples. It was really Judas. If you read the other passages, Judas is the one. They didn't really care because really, most of them really loved Jesus. Judas was the one with a hidden offense. Judas was the one with a self-righteous. He, he had a better way to finish. He had a better way to save Israel. He had a better way to fight the enemies. He wanted to tell Jesus how he was supposed to do what God was telling him to do. And what ended up doing that was his self-righteousness got him and he hung himself. Your self-righteousness, you will kill yourself. Because that's what you're doing. Everything. He says, if you want to be under the law, you're under a curse. A curse. Jesus became a curse for us that through Him, we might be the righteousness of Him. The only place to find Him is at the cross. At the cross. The cross is where... He moves for you. The cross is where He fights for you. Not in the flesh and blood, but in the spiritual realm. In peace, joy, and righteousness in the kingdom. The kingdom is at the cross. The door is the cross. The blood is the way. And many people don't want to drink it. That's what's in that cup. His blood. Not your blood. His blood. He's just telling you now, deny it. Deny your way. And take on his. My yoke is easy, my birth. What do you mean? Well, you start drinking the cup, it gets easier and easier. When you never want to drink it, it's hard because you got to get used to it. The new wine, you got to get used to it. The old wine is like an eye for an eye. The new wine is the new wine is grace. The new wine is harder but easier because he'll do it with us and for us. What are you talking about? The new wine. The new testament of his blood. He did it all. All we need to do is surrender unto his power. We don't have to go fight flesh and blood. We don't go to have to go invade cities and territories in our flesh. We don't have to fight the, the, the devil in our flesh. All we got to do is submit to him and he fights for us. All we need to do is not take offense and he's there for us. All we have to do is forgive and we shall be forgiven. All we have to do is give and we shall be given, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. All we have to do is sow it and we reap it. Sow love, reap love. Sow offense, reap offense. Sow hate, start reaping hate. Sow what you want back. See, you sow your, your self-righteousness, you're going to get tested by God. It's funny thing is, every time we judge someone in our own righteousness, God judges us back. And it's not... And any time we try to tell someone how wrong they are, God comes back and shows us how wrong we are. It's a no-win situation. The cup is the 
only way to go to follow him. Came the woman with alabaster back, and for this ointment could have been sold and given to the poor. And when Jesus understood, he said unto them, Why trouble this woman? For she has wrought a good work upon me. For you have the poor always with you, but me not always. For in the same in that she had poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever this gospel is preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that the woman has done. He told for a memorial of her. And one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief. Right then. What was it? Wow. What a horrible thing. The woman wasted 30 of silver on him, supposedly in heaven. That would go to go turn in the one he was following? No, no, no. This thing grew. His self-righteousness in Jesus grew and grew and grew. Where he got blinder and blinder and blinder. His way, he sat there and continuously thought he could do things better. <laughs> continuously tried to get other people to see the, the way he was seeing continuously did things to where he unworthily drank the cup. And many of us today are unworthily drinking that cup and don't even realize it. I'm not talking about putting some grape juice and getting some matzah cracker and taking communion with the brothers. I'm, I'm talking about living your life unworthily drinking the cup. Unworthily drinking the cup is when you don't receive his blood, when you don't receive his forgiveness, when you don't give what he's given to you. It's called forgiveness. It's called grace. It's called mercy. The minute you want your way, the minute you want the other person to pay for their sins, God puts all yours back on you. For that moment, thank God for grace. Just to show us. we got to understand, no matter how righteous you think you are in the world, I don't care how many degrees you have, you didn't get arrested yet, you're still filthy rags. That's what God says. I don't care. And that's the problem with the world. That's the problem with good people in the world. They think they're so good. They don't need God. And then they think they can do things better. And then God, then this person comes and this woman, this sinner, this prostitute, whatever she was, comes and pours out this stuff she probably bought by sinning and poured it on him. And this guy, this is... A waste. This is not the way we should do things. This is not, but all the well, it was all spiritually, spiritually, it was all spiritually designed. She was being led. She was more led by the Spirit than Judas walking with Jesus for three years. She was more knowledgeable being led by the Spirit, just being saved and born again or whatever, not even whatever, just being set free, being forgiven, whatever it was, there's no details at all, but she was touched by God, was closer to God than somebody walking with God for three years. That just may, might make you understand about how important it is walking in the Spirit, how things, you're not yourself, I don't care how much Bible you know, how much you think you know, you don't know nothing except love. If you know and find love, that's all that God's going to, be pleased with and love. He doesn't. I don't care if you know the Torah, this and that, and the 
I mean, these people getting drawn into the Hebrew roots and the Hebrew this and this and that, and they think they're self-righteous and better than every other Christian. And these poor sinners are just in love with Jesus, not knowing nothing, and they're closer to God than all those people. And that's how it is in churches today. The more we get drawn, heart waxing cold because you don't think you need them anymore because of your works. There's a, there's a scripture in Isaiah that says, oh, because they're, they're clothed in their works. And God is not, is not, your works are not going to save you. And he says that, and I think it's Isaiah in the 40s or 60s, somewhere in there, but it's, it, it, it's, it's about that. And then he says that the light of day breaks and God sends his son because they were so wicked. This is a serious thing to God, and we don't think so because of self-righteousness. Don't even realize the same thing we're expecting from someone else. We're not even doing it. We're expecting love from someone else, and we're not giving it. We're, I mean, it's so simple. Because the minute you're expecting some from someone else, you're losing that which you already have. And, and it doesn't matter, because if it's one of the body, two of the body, or someone even out of the body, it's affecting your body, and it's affecting your spirit, because Christ lives in your mortal being. It says, Jesus understood... And says, she has done a good work upon me. Verily I say unto you, whosoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, this woman done for a moral of her. Then one of the twelve called Jesus went to the chief priest and said unto him, What will you give me? See, me. What will you give me? Me, myself, and I. Selfish. It was all about Judas. Went right away. You know what? The devil convinced him that he was right and everybody else was wrong. He was right. And he's going to go to the religious system, to the religious rulers, already knowing that they're against him, already knowing that they want to kill him. Now he's going to fellowship with the enemy of the cross, the enemies of love, the enemies. And they covenant with him to give the, him 30 pieces of silver. How much was the... The perfume worth way more than that, wasn't it? Or was it less? Doesn't matter. But he sold out for way less of nothing. And from that time, he sought opportunity. From that time, he's got paid by the devil to betray Jesus. So then he goes back as a double agent. He goes back among them with a hidden agenda. He goes back among them with something else without love in his heart. Very deep stuff. And what could be the open door for demons? Eventually demons took over Judas because of the doors that he opened, the, 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 the hidden confessions that he made, the denying of the cross because of the one that was preaching it to him. He didn't want to hear it. He had a better way. He knew better than Jesus. He was more righteous than Jesus, and Jesus never sinned. And we can, your sins and someone else's sins might be way less, but when let's, let's judge the sins before that person's sins and the other person's sins when they came to Jesus, and then let God start judging it. I think it would freak some of you out, the sin that He sees on you and God doesn't see on that other person because you still see the flesh of man and all the, all the shortcomings of somebody in the flesh. 
When God says, oh man, they haven't even been able to grow up. They've been in a tormented situation. They've been neglected. They've been abused. They didn't have what you had. College, money, this and that. So you're judging them with your self-righteousness. And God's like, oh my God, you're so far from me and they're so close. That's how I say, blessed is the poor for there is the kingdom of God. And when God sees it, he, it, he cannot stand it. That's why Jesus was... So, um, whenever the Pharisees came around, he just he just had he he couldn't hold back and just keep his mouth shut. He had to say something because of their their, their they were so filthy, and on the outside they looked like the chiefs of the city. They looked like you know like some of these filthy child molesting priests that we see with all these garments on, with their hearts wicked and doing all these things behind it. But to man, they look so elaborate. They have all these degrees and they have all the praise of man. But in the secret place, in darkness, they're disgusting in the sight of God. And they come out in the world and they let man praise them. But in secret, God, they don't even know God. And there's people in the church like that today, in the spiritual realm, without any garments, but these spiritual unhidden garments that they put on themselves because their self-righteousness in their own mind, that's how they think. And they think they can, they can betray Jesus and get away with it and not end up getting messed with by the devil. God is no respecter of persons in every situation. But the longer we know and the more truth we get, we think we, 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 we have it all. But without the cross, we'll lose it all. It's the truth. Now when they had come, I sat down, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, One of you shall betray me. Now he's telling, Someone says you're what? You're offended. You're still sitting down like it's not happening. Like people say something. What's going on? One of you, he said, will betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful, and they began. One of and one of them says unto him, Lord, is it I? See how they weren't self-righteous? Because it wasn't even them. But they were like, I know I'm, I'm doing all things wrong. You know, Lord, if it's me, let me. And they would probably have got on their knees right then and said, help me, Jesus. Some of us, so hard to get on your knees nowadays. So hard you come up for prayer nowadays because of self-righteousness. And right away, they would go, oh, God, don't let it be me. And then look at this. Look, look at this story. It's like, and he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, he that dips his hand in the cup, in this cup. See, he wanted the cup to clean the inside. He that dips his hand, hand in the cup, in this dish, the same will betray me didn't put no fear because he was self-righteous. He didn't even see what was going on. Some people don't even see what's going on anymore in their life, in their job, in their family, in their church, because of self-righteousness. They can do everything better. They want to grieve the Holy Spirit. They want to stop the Holy Spirit. They want to stop that woman. They want to, they want to throw her out, and they want to get their, get their religion on. And God just wants us to be real, wants us to be loving, wants us to be kind, wants us to love one another and say, hey, you know what? I've done worse things. Hey, we'll get through this together. 
hey, we'll, 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 I'm going to help you pick up your cross. I'm going to point you to the cross. I'm not going to come and tell you how right you are and get a, a spirit of Absalom and, and talk outside the gates of everyone else's unrighteousness when I, mine is in my better way like David's son did to him. Oh, yeah, he, got, he should have done it this way and that way. Well, you're not king, and that's why you're not. Shut up. That's why God chose him, because your heart would have been wicked. You probably killed everybody in your house and everybody you know. God, his ways are hard, higher than our ways, and if we don't get back to his ways, we're going to lose our way. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him. But woe unto the by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. And he says when we betray one another, we're betraying Christ again and again and again and again and again and again. we got to get this in our mind. And the devil is not going to use a new trick. He pulled out one that was called and chosen. How do you mean he's chosen? He was actually, he was called and then... If you wait a little longer, and he's called them apostles. And he was still among them. And these 12, he says, he called them, he followed them for long enough, and he anointed them, he called them, gave them a title. So they were chosen to be something. And people say, oh, it was, yeah, it was written because God, the Bible's written, prophecy is speaking what you see happen in the future. God does not want any man to betray any man or he would be a wicked God. He was just laying out what's going to happen and taking every situation in our life to make us repent, to help us to see the power of the devil, to help us see the power of unrighteousness, to see what could happen if we let things get in our life. And then it was written because God saw it already. And then it's fulfilled because whatever he saw, he already saw Jesus on the cross before the foundation of the world. He knew it was finished. God was not, oh, God, is he going to, in the garden, is he going to, he knew already because he already knew what he's going to do. Because if he didn't know he was going to do it, it would have been written different. Things would have been different. Our life would have been different. What are you written about? You're only going to know it at the very end, but only if you see yourself in the blessed. If you see yourself every day denying yourself and picking up the cross, you're going to be written, well done, good and faithful servant. The only way to have that sickness is the cross. And the cup, the cup, the cup. And then we start seeing somebody else's excitement as arrogance or someone else's freedom as it's so, when you're self-righteous, you, everything starts bothering you. <laughs> everything starts bothering you. I mean, somebody's freedom will just start bothering you and it doesn't bother God because he's the one who set him free. He didn't say only the perfect are free. He said those that are clean are free. If it was perfection that made you free, then we'd all still be striving. But whom the Son sets free is free indeed, right at the cross. If you're not living your freedom, hey, don't get mad at somebody else. Don't be jealous of someone else. Don't be jealous that someone else is drinking the cup and you just you're, you're, you don't want it every day and you're, you'd rather have it your way. Burger King. That's the false crown. Have it your way. Yeah, you, you can't buy this cup. Jesus bought it. You can only buy it with your life. Judas thought he could buy that cup. 
30 pieces of silver. Or he got mad that she was pouring out that oil. But this cup, he said, we will drink it. Jesus didn't answer and said, Master, is it I? What is he? Trying to impress the other ones? Going along with the thing? You know, some people just go along with the other person. Was it me? Was it me? When he knew it was him. Come on, he just came back from setting up the deal. <laughs> He's asking, was it me? Self-righteous, huh? Still not thinking. He's telling him someone will betray me. He's like, I'm not betraying him. This is not betrayal. This isn't, this can't be betrayal. I'm doing, this is, he's got to be stopped. This guy's nuts. He's got prostitutes rubbing oil on him. Man, what kind of cult is this? What is going on here? He's got people going all over the place trying to talk. I mean, the jealousy that must have been in him. I mean, let's get rid of him. Let me be the new one. I'll, I'm an apostle. I'm going to be the new guru, Jesus. I want to be the one that everybody pours, rubs oil on. I want some oil. And as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and blessed it and broke it. And then, but after he says, thou hast said, he didn't even have to say it. You said it. You know it. He's like, really? Jesus is like, really? I mean, how many hints? It's like, really? And Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is I, he said unto him, thou hast said. And it said, answer, he had already betrayed him. What was he even doing there? He had already betrayed him. Thank goodness we're in grace now, but right then, he said he had already betrayed him. He came back. Why? Because he had to find out where he was going so he could go by. He was getting information. Hidden agendas like the religious people were going all the time, right? They weren't going to go be taught from Jesus. They weren't going to follow him because they wanted a miracle. They were following him so they could trap him. They were listening to him so they could find something against him so they can bring it to have him crucified and killed. Let the world do that to you. It's the faster you'll die. But this was something else. It's like he's back there. And as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples. He said, take and eat. This is my body. And he took the cup and he gave thanks and he gave it to them, saying, drink, yea, all of it, all of it. See, we just take a sip in the morning. We're like, all, right. all of it. Eat all of them. Even the parts that are disgusting. Everybody wants the flaming young. What is that? Where is that on the person? <laughs> probably right down the back something or whatever. I mean, we probably all got one if all the other animals got one. And whatever, right? Eat. We all want that, you know. We want that, you know. We don't want to eat the the hard parts, you know, the thigh, the van, the, you know, the, the cheap meat, or even then. You know, that's fine, too. But man, the guts, the kidney, the liver, oh my God, I got to eat the spleen, ugh, and the bladder, and I can't even cook it, I can't even season it, it's got to be just like he gave it to me. All, eat all the lamb, 
We don't mind doing that with a real lamb, but Jesus said, I am the lamb of God that takes away all my word, not just the ones you like, not the flaming young of the word only. I mean, we take that flaming young as the real good thing, and I'm not taking as that. I'm trying to say the, 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 the hard things, the, the things that don't are, that's what he's saying, eat that or you cannot be my disciple. Wow. And he's sitting there, and he didn't even, it's amazing. And then Peter said, and Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and they began to be sorrowful and heavy. Oh. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to jump out because I flipped away. For this is my blood of my New Testament, which was shed for many, for many, for the remissions of sins. Wow, what a prophet. He's saying, even before he finished what he was going to do, he's already prophesying. Are you doing that? Oh, I'm not getting offended today. I'm going to the cross. This is my cup. So, you mean, some of you forgot how to prophesy over your own self. You better speak death over your own self. I'm, not, I'm talking about that death that brings real life. I'm not talking about death like speak that life which is death of your will, your way, that brings life of His will and His way to you in peace, joy, and righteousness. See, religion all tie this off, try to misquote it and take things, but it's so simple. And it's like when Jesus wants to, how do you think he felt when Judas came? He loved them. It's like, oh, and you never got it, man. I knew you were going to do this. In the beginning, he probably didn't even know who it was. He had to live with them a while and see. He said, well, it's definitely going to be this guy. And he's like, how many? And he's like, what did Jesus do? like, how much could he intervene knowing that it was already done? It's like he just had to let every, just love him and let, Everybody make their own choices. That's what we got to do. Love them. Everyone's going to make their own choices. But if you love them, you're drinking his cup. He loved him. Or else you would have had sin. He loved him. That's what was the worst part about it. He loved Judas and Judas did that to him. Man, imagine God in the flesh. The perfect one. The one that was the definition of love. To, to be so self-righteous to think, and, and to think that you had a better way than him. Wow. That's pretty haughty, man. And we... And... That's happening daily. And he said, Then saith Jesus unto them, All you shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I smite... I smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered. So he read that, and he knows, I'm the sheep. I'm the Lamb of God. I'm, you know, I'm the one. And you're my sheep, so I know you're not going to stand by me. So you know what? I'm going to prepare myself for that. See, the problem is we don't prepare for others not to be perfect. We don't prepare ourselves. Say, you know, that's my good friend. I know they love me, but you know what? I know they got flesh. I know they're not perfect. So I'm going to prepare myself because it's written in the Bible it's written right there in the New Testament that we're not perfect and people are going to do that. But love, you know, it's all written there. So you know what? I better, that's what the Word's all about. That's why we live the Word. That's why we read the Word. That's why we meditate the Word. That's why we prophesy the Word. So when these things happen, we don't let it, the devil take us out like he did to Judas. You see how why that is? He's even saying, Jesus is like, I'm not going to get up. Man, I know you guys are going to do this because I'm going to love you. I'm preparing myself. For this, you know, I know the world's going to do this. The world's going to hate me because they hated him first. But I'm going to prepare for that. Oh my God, what's going on? In time, that everyone's coming. Well, have you prepared yourself since you've been born again that this is going to happen? 
mother will turn brother against brother, mother. They're, you know, they're not, not, are you preparing yourself? Or are you just like, I'm in grace? No, that's what he's doing. And if we're not doing that, we're not drinking the cup. And when it does happen, you don't let it affect you. So hard, but so simple, right? So nasty, but so the guts, but it's like, wow. But when you just eat it all, it's all nothing affects you when you're dead. You eat all of him, then there's none of you, then you're dead. It's like, eat it all, just eat that gallbladder, eat that spleen, eat that whatever that other stuff's called in there. For, and then you'll really be able to drink the cup. Peter answered and said, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, I will not be offended. That's all what we think. It's, I'm not going to do it. I love not. But then it happens. It happened to Peter, right? But see, Peter didn't yet have the Holy Spirit. And Peter wasn't even converted yet. We can do it. He knew he couldn't do it yet. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto you before the night, you shall deny me three times. And Peter said unto him, I should die with thee yet. I will not deny thee. Pride, 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 pride. We got to say, you know what? God, without you, I can't. Help me. And you know what? If I don't want to drink it, pour it down my throat. I'm going to drink it. And then Jesus came unto a place called Gethsemane and said unto the disciples, Here I will go up and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and two sons of Zebedee, and they began to be sorrowful and heavy. Then said unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye and watch with me. And they went a little farther and fell on their face and prayed, saying, O oh, my father, if it is not possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So what's the cup? His will. That's another cup. It's the same cup. But then he's talking about that cup. And then he's talking about the cup. And then they were drinking the same cup in the presence of their enemies. And they were drinking it at the up there when they were dipping the sop. They said, this is my blood. Shedding the blood, that's his cup. His cup is his will. That if it were possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thy will. That's right there. That's the key to every success. Not thy will, but his will. There it is. Jesus was like, nevertheless, you know, this is how I, what I would do, but you know what? But thou will. Wow. That's the cup. Every day. The cross. And he cometh unto his disciples and find them asleep and Watch and pray. Could you not for one hour? Unless it enter into temptation, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And then he went again the second time. And then, oh, Father, if it come to pass from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. Take this cup again. We have a cup. It's called the cross. See, you want Christianity without the cross. There's no such thing. Because to be Christ. Christian, which was just made up after, wasn't made up by Jesus, it was made up by the church, it made up by, actually, it was made up by people that saw the church, because Christ died, and what they said is, oh, these are Christ's fault, they're Christians. It wasn't like a big revelation from, it was basically, they were followers of Christ. 
and they were Christians. Basically pretty simple. People say, oh, it wasn't, you can't, there's no Christians, well, what happened? What's the big deal? They were Christ-like. And they were Christians. So they were, these are the ones that were going to drink the cup. These are the ones that are wanting to drink the cup. And then, look at this. Son of Man, and then he says, Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise. Who is one of those sinners? Judas. Look at this. The mall, and it says, Betrayed in the hands of sinners. Rise, let's, let us be going. Behold, be it at hand that does betray me. And while he yet spoke, Lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves. I mean, great multitudes. It was like they were coming there ready to fight them, and they, they must not have been listening to any of his messages. If they were listening to his messages, they wouldn't even have a big deal. They would have been like, bring three guys. He's not going to fight us. He said an eye for an eye. He said, uh, turn the other cheek. And so they don't even know him. They don't even know what they're doing. They probably never saw one of his sermons. They probably never listened to him, but they hated him without a cause. And then some of them came back with false things about him, and people were taking secondhand offenses. And then Judas went and told them, I can turn him over to you. They, some of them never even seen him before. <laughs> and they hated him. They were ready to kill him. They were ready to arrest the guy. Because hearsay, rumors, lies. And you think the world's going to have something better for us now? And why he spoke, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, and, and the staves, and the chief priests, and the elders, came, and now they betrayed him, gave... See, this is proof right here. Now that he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, whomever, why, if they knew him so good, if they were so familiar with all his, his bad habits and his bad behaviors and all the things, that, all the crimes that he was committing, they wouldn't have need Judas to point him out. Because the real elite, that was probably, they didn't want to be part of this crime or this kidnapping that was going down. So they just sent all the low men, all the deacons in the, and, and probably all the, you know, all they wasn't the high priest and all them there. They knew him pretty well, but it was all the people that were under their law, under their commandment, under their, all their proselytes went after Jesus. Like the religious system, not like JM followers going after you on Facebook if you know who I'm talking about. If not, it's coded. Same thing. And he betrayed him, gave him a sign, and said, And forth oath came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master. What a lot, Hail, Master. And kissed him. The kiss heard around the world, even to this day. People are still preaching it. People are still saying it. People even say it at home, even in movies. You know, they make worldly movies. They don't even know him about this stuff. Hail, Master. And he kissed him. Wow. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore thou come? Then came they and laid hands, and they took Jesus. We see this cup so many times. No way to drink this cup without submitting to the word. A reminder how self-righteous Judas must have been. Wow. Just left the meal. 
knowing he already set up the deal, got the money, went back or whatever, found out where he was going to go so he could go back and take them there so he can get paid off by the religious system, and the whole time thinking he's doing the right thing. How many people try to go to church or Jesus or his presence thinking you're doing the right thing? And all the while you're in offense, you're in betrayal, and you have a smile on your face like nothing's wrong and the whole world's crashing down around you and the cross is right there. Kissing with an offense, smiling with betrayal in your heart, pondering every day, Am I going to leave him? Knowing I'm going to leave him. I'm not going to leave him. Maybe let's see what happens when he dies. If he gets arrested, maybe we can change. We can, I, maybe I can bring some doctrine here. Maybe I can bring a little bit of my leaven. And, you know, no, no, God will take him out. God took him out. You can't have any poison in the New Testament church. God took out a few people in the new church. No, he took him out. What was he thinking? You know, they take Jesus, then I'll go back then. They think, they don't even know, even though they're like, I'd be like, what? I'd be like this, man. If it was me, and it was like me, Lord, is it me? Is it me? We're all like, he's like, no, no, the one that's dipping his hand. And then like, no, it's the one that dips his hand. I'd be like, what? I would have been over that table putting that guy, Judas, in the headlight. He wouldn't have got to the Pharisees and the Sadducees <laughs> if I was there. I'll tell you that. They didn't even pay no mind to it. They were so in their own world, weren't they? Most of them don't even know what's going on, man. I would have been... I'm surprised Peter didn't go in when he was going around the corner and say, what? Yeah. Tie him up. Do like a, a Joseph's brother deal with Judas. That's what they should have done. Well, not according to the cup. But, you know, we're not perfect, right? Luke 21, 1 through 51. Betrayal. Huh? We're not, if we're not fighting for love, we are an enemy of the cross, period. Be determined of your destiny. Our destiny is the cup. Luke 21, 1 through 51. Now the feast of the unleavened bread. I'm going to skim to you because I'm going to get to the point of this. And this is the crazy thing is, And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. See, they left that out in the last one. Not only when he did that cup unworthily in deception, sitting at the table with uh, betrayal on their heart or not being loyal to one another, not being loyal to the body. It's like not being loyal to Jesus. Now we are His body. We are His bread. We are one with one another. See, that's how bad it gets when we're jealous and, and, and have offenses and problems with one another that we're too self-righteous to work out. You know what happens is, and, and, and this is what happened, and he entered, Satan entered into Judas right then. That's how serious it is to pretend to drink this cup, to pretend to pick up your cross, pretend to be one with Him. And being of the number of the twelve. I mean, the whole time He had a will. He had a way. He could have denied it. But then when Satan entered Him, it was kind of like, wow, He was really good. He went up, Satan entered Him. And at that point, then later on He comes and kisses Him. Master smiles, kisses Jesus. He's like, wow. And He's like, he knew. He's like, now I'm not even dealing with Judas Iscariot anymore. I'm dealing with the devil. He knew it. The others didn't know that. So oh, that's just Judas. He's, he's got a, self-righteousness will make you just like the devil. 
That was what made the devil get cast out of heaven. He wanted to be just like God. He was just as smart as God, wanted to be like God, wanted to know, think he was glory, more glorious than God, and, and pride. Judas had a lot of pride. See, that's where self-righteousness comes from, pride. False humility, poor me, this and that, pride. Pride, pride, pride. I mean, and the whole time, Judas felt like he was the only one. All the time, walking with him all the time, eating bread, eating dinner, but thinking about being lonely. He didn't know where his camp was. He didn't know where his father was. The truth was right in front of him, and he didn't want it. The cup that was being preached about on the cross, he said this was not the way. Come on, we all get like that sometimes. We better pick up that cross. We got to pick it up. Enter in. Entered Satan into Judas. Do you think it's not possible Satan to enter into people today? And he went his way and communed with the chief priest. Many of us have repented and we felt this Satan enter into us and turn into other people. Anger. We just lash out or do things with other people or say, and it's not even us anymore. And we're like, what did we do? What happened? It was a, that's what Judas, at the end of the day, Judas is like, what did I do? Sometimes it can be too late when finally we get to repent or even finally get our senses back because Judas finally like threw the money back because it wasn't really about the money. You know, Judas was a thief, but it wasn't really about the money. He's like, if I'm going to do this anyway, it might have started out to be about the money, but really it was about his self-righteousness because he wanted things that he said, we're, you know, we got to take the city like this. We got to do it like this. And he said, And he went his way and communed with the chief priests and the captains, and they might betray unto him unto them. And they were glad and covenant and gave him money. And he promised and sought opportunity to betray him, and unto them in the same absence of the multitude. Then we know that he found out where he was, and then he brought them all back with the money in his pocket. And then he came, then came the day, of the unleavened, the Passover was killed, and sent John and Peter saying, "Prepare the Passover." Then it goes on and on, and it talks about all these situations that Jesus was working with them, going back and working and and pretending that he's affectionate, friends with Jesus, that he's one of his. The whole time in his heart, he wasn't. He was offended. He was. Angry, he was jealous, even getting mad at the woman. Wanting, he wanted an oil bath, and he didn't understand why this guy always gets all the attention, is always blessed. Did not knowing that, why? Because he's, he, God knows his, his, he was drinking the cup. He knows he was going to hang on the cross. Before he ever did it, he knew it was. That's what he says. Baptized in the river, the heavens open. Says, "This is my son, who I'm well pleased." Well, if he's going to say, "Oh, Father, beat me back up," because I'm not going to do this. He would have never said that after the baptism. He would have said, This was my son that I sent that had a plan to do, but I'll find something later, or whatever it might be. No, he said, This is my son who I'm well pleased. See, sometimes God sees some of our future right now before we see it. And some of us, this message could change your destiny, could change your eternal place. And you don't even know it. Because I'm sure everything that God, Jesus spoke to Judas was exactly whatever God wanted him to do. 
to make it righteous. So, for us to just go on every day just thinking we're self-righteous just because we said a prayer one day, but we treat our, we treat one another and not, we don't love one another. I was going to, I was burning this morning with John 17 and I was thinking I was just going to pray and do some worship and read John 17. How will they know we're His disciples by our love? We can't even love one another. And we're supposed to go to the grocery store and love uh, people that do things to us or hate us or do it's like we can't even love people that actually buy us dinner actually pray with us actually t- t- take time to pray for us in secret that we don't even know and, and, and do things for us and that we can't even love that and we're expecting to go out there uh, uh, go out there um, where there's um, like wolves sheep and wool and like we can't even because some of us are becoming goats is that what it's like how can that be it's like God's like how are you going to make it if you can't even love your friends that are really like uh, two years ago you would have died for that person plucked out your eye and now it's like two years later it's like all of a sudden you you can't stand this person it's like how are you going to make it when some enemy or some steals everything you have or tells you or slaps you right in the face and you got to turn the other cheek and someone that didn't even physically touch you they just didn't call you when you want or say this or they made a gesture or thought you thought or and then we can't even handle that and we can't even love them God it's like we need to understand this cup is for us the self-righteous is the one thing that God... Jesus was self-righteous. is the one thing God was not going to put up with him. Was it me? They weren't self-righteous. They were just like, oh, my God, I hope not. That's total humility. The other one, is it me? Knowing right away, you know it's you. You know who you are. You know what you're doing. God knows you know what you're doing. Drink the cup already. It's like, what are you doing? Because we're playing with fire when we don't love one another, when we don't forgive one another. Some of you have wasted years of your life living in this, leaving the cup there and being self-righteous. It's just so, what a waste of time. It's a waste of time. Jesus didn't waste any time. And when it was time, it was time. And he drank it, even when it was hard. And even when it was and the whole time, it was always time. He was always drinking it. When he could have called down this, when he could have done that, when he could have done this, when he could have done anything, he loved, healed, delivered, set free, and preached the truth in love. That's what he wants us to do. For I say unto you, I will not, therefore, time of the kingdom be fulfilled. And he took, and he took the cup and gave thanks. Here it is again. And they divide among themselves, for he said unto you, I will not... And then this is the point I'm getting out of this passage, because we already went over the other points. Just look, he took the cup and he gave thanks. He said, take this and divide it among thyselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he said, and he took the bread and gave thanks, and he broke it and said unto them, This is my body, which is given for you. This is in remembrance of me. 
Likewise, also, the cup after the supper, saying, This is the cup of the New Testament of my blood, which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of him which betrayeth is with me on the table. And truly the Son of Man goes as it was determined, but woe unto the one whom is betrayed. And they began to inquire among themselves which of them it was it should do this thing. And there was also a strife among them. Wow, how crazy this is now. We see over there they were saying this, and that was probably after this. We don't know how, the, how, how it played off. Was this first or that first? Where they first all said that? Well, obviously they were probably acquiring first, and then they're like, you said this the other day, remember? Is he talking about when you were gossiping about Jesus when he went to the went to see the the woman at the well or whatever? Or was it, you know, they were probably reminding each other, hey, you did that. Remember, it's like, oh my God, we're all we're in trouble. But they had a right heart. It was, they were none, none of them were in trouble because they weren't perfect, right? The one that was trouble was plotting out destruction, plotting out not drinking the cup, plotting out. And it's so crazy because when the story comes together, it's like crazy because it's look at this right after that when they knew it wasn't them back to their pride back to their so crazy how mankind is mankind is isn't it look at this so and he says this for the strife among them then now they're arguing because it wasn't them because they were probably talking like yeah i've i've always stood by jesus look now right look and which of them should account be the greatest yeah, you guys, three of you thought it was you. I, I knew it wasn't me. I'm, I'm, I'm his right man. I'm his right hand man. I'm the, you know, now that they found out it was Judas, whatever. <laughs> and then he goes, and he said, and right then when someone's going to betray him, they're not even thinking about Jesus. How self-righteous is that? They should have been grieving that one of their brothers is going out to betray their, their leader. <laughs> they were thinking about themselves. Gentiles exorship lordship over them, and they that exorship authority upon them are called benefactors. But you shall not be so. But he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and be as be he that is chief as do the one that serves. For whether is greater, he that sits at meat or he that serveth. He that waits table, he that goes out to eat and pays the person waiting on the table. Is it not he that sitteth at meat? But I am among you that serves. You, ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations. And I appoint unto you a kingdom. I am appointing you as my Father has appointed unto me. See, here it is. I'm appointing you the same kingdom. I'm drinking this cup. I'm going to the cross. You're getting it? It's like people don't understand real Christianity, do they? And he's like, now, this is the kingdom. And he says, whether is... And he says, now, they which continued with me, I point unto you a kingdom, that they may eat and drink at my table. What's the cup? That's the cup. Another cup. It's the same cup. Table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And, I, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you and sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brother. Right now, you can't do much. Just follow and 
stay humble. And say unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both in prison and to death. He's telling him that Satan wants to take him out. And he's going back to Jesus, telling how great he is. And then Jesus had his, before the cock crows, and you guys know the story. Then, verse 35, as he went, and, and he says, And when I sent you without person, did choose, did you lack anything? And he said unto them, But now he that has purse, let him take it, and likewise has script, and so on, and so on. And then he says, For I say unto you, that it is written and be accomplished to me. Reckon among the transgressors concerning me have an end. And he said, Lord, behold. And it goes on and on. He says, He came out and went to the Mount of Olives. And we know the story about the cup. And he was withdrawn from them. And a stone cast and kneeled down and prayed. Saying, Father, if it be willing, remove this cup. What's the cup? The cross. What's your cup? The cross. He says, you want to be in my kingdom? You got to drink the cup. Oh, you're going to be baptized with the same baptized. You're going to drink this cup. Because if you don't, what's the other cup? Indignation. Betrayal. Worldliness. It's the cup of devils. Two cups. <laughs> there's not a middle cup. There's a mix. I mean, I know there's mixture churches and there's mixture. And they're pouring the cups together and they're, it's mystery blood. But that's not the true gospel. It's love. Laying down your life, your self-righteousness. What we got to do, that's why we keep our eye on Jesus. When you think you're righteous, just look at Him and you're far from it. And He appeared, and appeared unto Him an angel from heaven, strengthening Him. See, when He was going through this, God was there to help Him too. He wasn't going to make Him do it all. No, all He had to do was ask for the help. Be willing to. He said, I'm going to do it. But you know what? I'm in agony. He prayed more earnestly. And he's sweating profusely there because it wasn't hard. Sometimes you got to sweat, but you better choose the cross. When God's putting it on, you choose the cross. The longer you don't, the more self-righteous you become. The longer you don't drink his blood and eat his flesh, the more self-righteous you become. It's just, it's just how it is. And why they slept the multitude... And they called, and Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near and unto Jesus to kiss him. And Jesus said unto him, Judas, you betrayed thou son of man with a kiss. When thou was with, when they was where about him saw what would follow, they said unto him, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? Now they're like, let's fight. And one of the servants, you guys know the story, and he cut off his ear, but and Jesus says, Suffer, yes, this far, and touched, and he healed him. See, even when people we think are against us, don't like us, are all in, heal them. <laughs> heal them. Hurt people, hurt people. Self-righteous people want to kill people. The spirit of murder. Wow, the cup. The cup. Look at Luke 9, 22-24 real fast. Saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and priests and scribes and be slain and be raised on the third day. Prophesying again. Are you prophesying your cross? Are you prophesying every day you're going to drink the cup? Or are you just prophesying what the enemy wants you to meditate on? Are you speaking negative agreement? 
of what you see in your self-righteous place you're living in? And he said unto them, All, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoso shall ever so save his life. What are you saying? Who shall ever so try to defend himself? <laughs> his will lose himself. Whoever will lose his, like lay down himself, his rights, for my sake, not because you're wrong or right, doesn't matter, for my sake, the same shall save it. It's the gospel. If anyone preach any other gospel, let him be accursed. I mean, you think Paul got the gospel or Jesus gave the gospel and Paul picked it up secondhand? Or do you think it's Paul's gospel? No, no. Paul got the gospel from Jesus. The gospel is the cross. We were sinners. Jesus died for us and rose from the dead that we might pick up our cross and have the power to become the sons of God. That's the gospel. And to follow Him and be His disciple. He didn't say just say a prayer. So when we call out on the name of Jesus, we actually follow through because we actually believe the Word. Matthew 16. 24 through 26. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross. What cross? I don't see a cross. Where's the cross? I've been looking for the... Oh, there's one out back behind the building, but, you know, I've been looking for a cross. I wake up, I got one around my neck. Yeah, I pick it up. Talk to some, you know, Catholics. Yeah, I got my cross. <laughs> yeah, and he's still, Jesus is still on it. Well, that's the wrong cross. This cross is your life, your denial, your self-will, your selfishness, your self-self-self-righteousness. That's your cross, giving that up for His. It's, it's, it's an eternal exchange. It's drinking His blood and giving up your blood. It's covenant. I got His blood, now, now I'm clean. I don't want my blood anymore. Only His blood makes my blood clean. Oh, you can have my blood, Lord. I want eternal life. I don't want this earthly life anymore. Any man come after me, let him deny his take up his cross daily. Not weekly, not Sunday only. Daily. Drink the cup. Prophesy the cross every single day. That's our problem. We forget where the cross is. Whosoever shall save his life will lose it. Whosoever shall lose his life will save it. Matthew 16, 24 through 26. See what Matthew says. And he said unto the Lord, you want it? Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man comes after me, he didn't even say, Follow me now. Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. The cross is a, fig, is a, is a parable that Jesus was using everything in the world to explain the spiritual life. Everybody was able to see what the cross was for Jesus. It was a perfect man giving up his life for the sake of everybody else. And Jesus says, if you, you want to be the greatest in the kingdom of God, to be the servant of all. Jesus says, if you want to come after me, deny yourself and pick up your cross. Give up your rights to, to be my righteousness. You want to be right? You're going to be your own righteousness, self-righteousness. I don't know why things get so hard. If you just prophesy, every morning you wake up, drink it. Before coffee, drink the blood. 
before you get your cup of coffee, you better determine to deny yourself today. I'm not saying let people abuse you or get out of the situation. It doesn't say, but when you're offended and other people are trying to love you or other people are busy or this is happening and then all of a sudden you're just the devil. You're playing. You're like, Judas, no. Ah, I'm going to go over there, go talk to them, see what they have to offer. You know, Pharisees, I heard they, you know, they're, there's a rumor that there's a, uh, he's wanted, dead or alive. There's a rumor, you know, they want to capture him. I was like, you know, already, why does he know all about this? Because he's, he's been hanging out in two different camps, the devil's camp and, and, and Jesus' camp. You can't. You can't make it hanging out in two camps, man. You're going to get confusion, witchcraft, greedy, selfish, whatever it is, because the camp of the enemy is not a fun place to be in. And he said this in Matthew 2, Whoever shall save his life shall lose. Whoever shall lose his life for my sake shall, save, shall find it. For what profit of man if he gains the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give exchange for his soul? I'll tell you what, your blood. Because you ain't going to buy the kingdom of God. You're not going to buy your righteousness, and you're not going to buy grace. You're going to give him your life. Easy, it's blood. Covenant is the exchange of blood. Very simple. So my life for his my way for his way the cross is where self-righteousness must die self-preservation must die selfishness must die self-will must die and some of you are thinking right now how other people are more than you right now you're already wrong it doesn't matter where you are on this but look at the cross look at jesus it's it's like you're so well that guy preaching i know he's all he's not like that it's like but you don't know what's happening in the, in the closet, in a secret place. You don't know where people are on, on their road. Jesus, he's not looking at our righteousness. He's looking at our willingness to die, our willingness not to be offended, our willingness to do everything we can not to, get a, not to, uh, be, to carry an offense. That's the dying. It's not, I never get offended. And the whole time, it's like you're offended at the cross because you're self-righteous. Because you're exalting yourself above other people around you. If the one who was right gave up his right to make us righteous, then this is the cup that we must drink. The one that was right gave up his right to make us righteous and tells us now, take my cup and I'll take yours because our cup was death because of the sin of the world. It's amazing. Last scripture, because I wanted to get, this is Matthew 20, I don't know why I got all these, but behold, I go to Jerusalem. Everyone can stand up if you want to, just to strike. And the Son of Man shall be betrayed of the chief priest and the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death and shall deliver him. He's still prophesying it. He's not saying, oh man. He's like, he's speaking the word, because Why? Because when it happens, he wants to live it. He's speaking the word. So when it happens, he saw it already written. He's not going to back. He's meditating. He's like speaking the word. 
It's kind of like we keep saying, you know what? Usually a week before I go on a diet. I don't want to go on a diet. I'm like, especially the week before a diet, you know you've like really been in the flesh a while. Like week before the diet is like the last point where you're like, okay, I got to do something now. You know, to the point it's time to do something. He's about ready to be hung on the cross. The week before the diet, you start telling everybody. Hey, next Monday, I'm starting, because why? You're prophesying, so you do it. You want to have accountability. You want people to say, hey, I thought you were, you want to, you know what? Yays and nays, yays and nays. That's why we say these things, because we want to say, you know what? Now I got to do it. I told everybody. That's what Jesus was doing. It's like, he knew what he was doing. He was prophesying what was written. Are you prophesying what is written about you? Monday comes, you're like, oh, you're like, oh man, I want to. Nope. Everybody knows it. Yep, doing it. Doing it. Accountability. Accountability. Jesus, Judas was not accountable to Jesus. He was going over here, talking to this one, talking to that one, doing this, plotting this, then going back and pretending he was all about the Word. And he wasn't living the Word. Never did Jesus ever preach to betray one another. He said to follow Him, you got to love. Love your enemies. Never did he preach betrayal. Never did he preach uh, the, the things, uh, indignation, jealousy. He always preached against them. But Judas hung around like he was following him, but he just followed him. He was just there, but he wasn't there. He wasn't one with him. The others weren't perfect, but at least they were for him. Hey, what could that have been? You know they were for him. How? Peter. The guy, I mean, authority comes, and Peter, I mean, that's really awesome. Even though it was really bad, it's crime, it's murder. I mean, he wasn't following Jesus' word, but it's like his passion for Jesus took over him. And he took the sword. He, I think, he even took the, somebody, and he took the ear off of somebody. If Jesus didn't heal him and fix that mess, that could have he, could, he would have been hanging on the cross this next day with Jesus. And before the whole mission, his whole ministry would have took off. But there was passion, right? In his unrighteousness. The other guy's like, what, are you crazy? So Jesus knew he wouldn't be able to not deny him when he started to think, but his passion drove him to be radical for Jesus, to protect him. And the only way he knew at that time, now Jesus said the only way to... Save your life is just lose it. Be passionate about it. Be passionate for that. Be passionate for one another. And then God will start working for you, even in places. I mean, the, even that, after that, they, they, they never went after him. They never, the guy was like, oh, they didn't talk about, he cut his ear off. Like, Jesus put his ear on now. A miracle. They never even brought up, yeah, well, let's, let's, that's attempted murder. Let's killed another one of his disciples. They're just like, the guy didn't press charges because Jesus preached to him and he's preached to them and they still went on. It was amazing. And Peter's walking out around and I mean, who can pull, pull out a sword? Cut off the ear of an official or a high, or anybody working in the thing, whoever it might have been, and then not even get arrested. And then Jesus kills the guy and all the guy is like oh my god i mean imagine seeing your ear on the ground and what is going on and it's like 
and then Jesus, because if they were falling, picks up the zir, puts it back on like it never happened, and then be like, even if the guy went down and is like, he cut my ear off, they'd be like, what are you talking about? Your ear off? Who cut your ear off? There's no video. You know, we don't have the phones now, right? Look at the ears there. And we'd be, it'd be some trouble maybe with Peter if, you know, we lived in 2022, you know, back then, because, you know, someone might have had their phone out, you know, on the situation, but there was no phone. It's like, we just go by evidence now. <laughs> you didn't meet a doctor 10 minutes ago. You're insane. But everybody knew it, but they couldn't really talk about it because it, it would give Jesus more glory, more honor. So let's just, let's just pretend it never happened, right? What can God do for us if we just let him, if we just pick up our cross and deny ourselves? Think about what he just did for Peter. Saved him from, a, saved him from death. He could have said, Peter, I've been preaching you three years. You know what? Just come with me now. I can't believe you. No, he was like, Peter, is this not the cup that my father gives me? And you got to drink it too. Lay down your life. Peter, is this not the cup? Don't worry about it. My father's got this. You have to have this. You have to drink it. You're not going to make it. These are not the times to play with the world. It's not the time to play with God. It's not the times to play with Christianity. It's not the time to play around the cross. Man, because God wants to change us, but if you don't drink the blood, you cannot be changed. The water is one thing. You can change your mind, but to see, without the, the blood, see, you can eat the flesh all day, but if you don't drink that blood, you're not getting the full thing, man. You're not getting that cleansing of the freedom that he wants us to have. And he says, in all these situations, and I'm just going to pray right now. Father, we thank you. Father, I don't want to drink this cup. I'm tired of, oh man, everything I see. Father, give me new eyes to see. Give me ears to hear. Renewing me a right spirit within me. I'm not going to let people walk over me on that, but I'm not going to be the offender, the offense one. I'm not going to try to be self-righteous. I'm not, oh God, help me. You know, help me to see that I'm just as dirty as anyone else or just as unperfect as my neighbor, especially if my neighbor has the zeal for Jesus to cut off someone's ear, risking going to jail, and I'm, I'm just hanging around pretending with false affection, pretending with a smile, thinking with a hidden agenda, knowing the whole time, and thinking that I'm right. God, don't let that happen to us, Father. Don't let us, whatever happened in this story with Him, let it not happen in our lives, Father. Father, we ask for self-righteousness to be driven out of us, to see ourselves even it's like sometimes it's hard to see yourself because you've been good your whole life. It's like Jesus didn't even consider himself good as he was walking in the flesh. <laughs> There's only one good, my Father. There's only one good, the Spirit of God. 
the Spirit. To be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. To be dead to this flesh is to be with God, to move with God, to have your being with Him, and to, to stop for the second. Yeah, you're going to react like Peter. Yeah, you're going to get mad, but are you going to stay mad? Are you going to carry it all the way to the enemy's camp? Are you going to let your self-righteousness take you away from the cross, away from the blood, away from new life? Are you going to save your life so much? Does your reputation, does your, does your way is so much better than his way that you're willing to give up the cross? Father, I ask you to drag me to the cross, nail me to the cross. And when I can't pick up the cross, just handcuff me to the cross. I don't care because it's not my will, but your will be done. It's not my life I'm seeking to save. It's your life I'm seeking to have. The life in the New Testament of your blood. The power in the blood. The cross means nothing to those that are dying and nothing to the self-righteous, I might add. It means nothing to the self-righteous either. Even those that pretend to follow the cross but don't pick it up. You're just a hypocrite. And God will not... He will continue to, to test hypocrites to show them you're not as good as you think you are. So we thank you that you are good, Father. And in you is the only way I can live and breathe and have my being. You in my flesh and my spirit in you. I thank you, Father. Christ in me, the hope of glory the crucified with Christ. No longer me living, no longer my way, no longer my self-righteous, no longer me. And it doesn't matter if I'm missing the mark, that's my desire. I'm not perfect yet. You can hold it against me, but God's going to point ten fingers back at you. promise you that. But are you willing to say, you know what? I know I'm not perfect, and I'm going to go right now and get back in peace. And, and you know what? I'm going to release my neighbor, release my sister, release my brother from the prison I'm putting them in. Release my past, release my whoever and live this, this kingdom life now. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's at the cross. So Father, we thank you for it. We thank you for your blood. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your mercy, your grace, and your truth. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.